Welcome to House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Eric. And I'm Gabriella. Join us as we learn about the rich heritage of our Christian faith. In each episode, we explore a unique topic that will deepen your knowledge of Christ and who we are as His people. Hello, and welcome to another House of David podcast. For those of you who are new to House of David, we are a teaching ministry that helps Christians understand their biblical heritage and connection to Israel. My name is Gabriella, and I am here with Pastor Eric. Hi. Hi, Eric. So last week, we discussed the importance of the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, or Old Testament. And today, we're going to be talking about God's covenants in the Old Testament and how these covenants point to Jesus and to the salvation of all humanity, both Jews and Gentiles. So, Pastor Eric, God is a covenant maker and keeper, and there are way more of God's covenants in the Old Testament than most people realize. How many covenants are there, actually, in the Tanakh? Well, that is a great question. There are quite a few, but the first thing we need to understand is what exactly is a covenant? So my interpretation is that a covenant is a legally binding contract between two parties, and each has their respective obligations. So I like to think of God's covenants as like a marriage vow, what the Jewish people call a ketubah, or a marriage contract. So essentially, a covenant is a promise that God makes between himself and a person or a group of people. And again, I like to think of these covenants as legal contracts, meaning they're binding on one or both parties. Covenants are categorized as either provisional or unconditional. Now, provisional covenants are ones that bind both parties. So, for example, the Mosaic Covenant, this is the one that was given to Moses. God said he would bless Israel if they agreed to follow his laws and statutes. Now, God's eternal and perfect law was attached to the old contract to make it binding upon all of Israel. And so this provisional contract, as we know, came with blessings and curses, namely the curse of death, which came through violation of the law. Now, on the other hand, unconditional covenants are ones where God alone binds himself to fulfill the terms of the covenant. So that might sound a bit overstated because there's always a second party that still has to believe or accept what God has promised to provide. So here's an example. God promised Abraham to make him the father of many nations. But Abraham still had to believe by faith that even though he and his wife were well advanced in years, God would provide for them an heir. And Abraham's obligation in return was to circumcise his flesh as a sign of the covenant. But the covenant itself was essentially unconditional. God did everything to fulfill it, including the promise to give Abraham's descendants the land of Canaan or Canaan as an eternal inheritance. So back to your question, how many covenants are there? Or should I say, how many promises of God are there in the Old Testament? Well, there are quite a few. So theologians generally quantify the major promises or covenants in the Bible. And these begin with Adam and Eve. Then there's the covenant with Noah or the Noahide or Noahic covenant. Then the covenant God made with Abraham or the Abrahamic covenant. The covenant God made with Moses and Israel called the Mosaic covenant, also called the Old Covenant. And a covenant that's not commonly mentioned in, in most uh, churches that I've ever been to is the covenant that God made with Levi. And out of that covenant was another covenant that God made with the sons of Aaron. 
And lastly uh, is the Davidic covenant. And this one is very popular and very commonly spoken of. And it's what's called the new covenant or the everlasting covenant, which Jesus essentially officiated. Let's go back to the beginning, to the very first covenant that God made with humanity. Well, that very first covenant promise was made with Eve after she and Adam sinned against God, although scripturally God spoke to the serpent who deceived her. And he said in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, scholars believe the Lord was prophetically speaking of Jesus, the one who would come from a woman. He would be crucified and pierced through the heel. And in overcoming death, Jesus would wound Satan's kingdom authority. And ultimately, Christ will destroy Satan. This one is interesting. Uh, we've talked about this previously. Um, and you'd mentioned to me that you actually struggled to call this a formal covenant. Yeah, it's a hard one to call a formal covenant as its fulfillment would ultimately be in Christ and his officiation of the new and everlasting covenant. So to me, it's more of a prophetic promise rather than a covenant. But again, promises are akin to covenants. The next covenant with humanity, though, is more obvious. It's called the Noahic or the Noahide covenant that God made with Noah after the flood. And he said in Genesis chapter 9, verse 11, Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off from the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. So here, actually, God says he's making a covenant with humanity, and its sign is the rainbow. But I want to move on to one of the most important covenants in Scripture, the one that God made with Abraham. And this covenant is extremely important for Christians to understand, and Paul even makes direct reference to it. So, Gabby, why don't you go ahead and read for us from Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Sure. Uh, Romans 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Yeah, now isn't that a beautiful and all-inclusive covenant? I mean, God had promised to make Abraham a great nation, which we know to be Israel. But he also promised to make of Abraham the father of many nations, who we know are the Gentiles. And God said in Genesis chapter 17, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of many nations. And then in Genesis chapter 35, verse 11, God said, I am, all, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body. So it is really this covenant of faith that God made with Abraham, the one that is, it's unconditional, from which God would establish the foundation for his future kingdom. And so from Abraham, God brought forth Isaac and Jacob. He ultimately did come through on his promise to bring forth an heir, Isaac, and then Jacob. And then from Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel. And through one of its tribes, Judah, God would ultimately bring forth the Messiah. So God made a covenant with King David called the Davidic Covenant. So Gabby, why don't you go ahead and read for us from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 and 13. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will, I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name 
and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Yeah, notice how God established the house, the kingdom, and the throne of David forever through his seed. Now, the Lord did not say that David was the Messiah. He merely affirmed that David's sons would be the natural heirs to the kingdom of God. But the kingdom would be established in Christ, who is the king, and I meaning the throne, with his chosen people, Israel, who are his royal subjects, which are the kingdom. So David was more than just a shadow of Christ. Through Abraham, he was the patriarch through which God would bring forth and establish this natural lineage that would connect Christ to Adam, the first man. So at the very heart of God's eternal Davidic or Messianic kingdom is Israel and his eternal city, which is Jerusalem. And that's why in the last episode, we learned about the walls of the new Jerusalem having 12 gates named after the 12 tribes of Israel. And its house has these 12 foundations of the apostles who are all Jewish. Now, the last covenant we find in the Old Testament is called the Everlasting Covenant or the New Covenant. And Jesus officiated this covenant at what we call the Last Supper. In Matthew 26, verse 28, we read, Jesus said, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And so for this reason, we, when we take communion, we are continually reminded of the Lord's death and his propitiation for our sins. In, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25, we read, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So the Lord also established his eternal feasts and holy convocations with the nation of Israel, including the Sabbath. And all of these point to Israel's redemption and eternal rest that would only come through her Messiah. But the promise of his new and everlasting covenant is actually found in Isaiah, and God connects its promises to King David. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 3, we read, Incline your ear and come to me, hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you the sure mercies of David. And this is really important, but notice that the invitation to this new and everlasting covenant is open to everyone, Jews and Gentiles. In Isaiah 55, uh, verse 1, and then in verses 4 and 5, it says, Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Indeed, I have given him, inferring to Jesus, the Messiah, as a witness to the people, a leader and a commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. So regarding this new covenant, Christ fulfilled the Mosaic law and replaced the old contract with a new one. Remember, I, I talked about these covenants as being like legal binding contracts. And so this new contract does not do away with the law, per se, but takes away the contractual obligations under the Old Covenant to fulfill the law as a means of righteousness. It also does not do away with Israel's national responsibilities that are foundational to the future kingdom of God. So in other words, what I'm saying is that personal salvation was never achieved through any corporate commitment. For example, attending the synagogue or us attending church. No, see, salvation is an individual and personal decision and a unique marriage covenant between God and every man and woman. 
But yet, we know that Israel still has these national responsibilities, and so does the church, which is this larger assemblage of Israel and the nations that God has grafted into her. So we can see that the Bible conveys this one continuing story of God's revelation of himself and his salvific plans for all humanity through his only covenant nation, which is Israel. And after delivering the children of Israel from Egypt, God made a conditional covenant with them. Again, this is called the Mosaic or the Old Covenant. And it was conditional upon Israel's obedience to the laws of Moses. And it came again with blessings and curses if Israel failed to obey it. But that, that covenant, that old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, rests upon the covenant that God made with Abraham. And ultimately, it would be Jesus who would fulfill the law of Moses perfectly through his obedience, even unto death on the cross. And thereby, he would remove the curse of the law, which is found in the law of Moses. And Paul said this in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And so the curse of the law has been removed. And then the only thing that remains then are the blessings which God is freely giving to all who are in Christ. Eric, as you mentioned earlier, there is another group of covenants in the Old Testament that are rarely, if ever, mentioned. Uh, we often hear about God's covenant with King David. But there is little mention of God's eternal covenant with Levi and his descendants through Aaron, the first high priest of Israel after Moses. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Well, the Lord reaffirmed his covenant promises with Levi and established an everlasting priesthood with his descendants through one of his sons, Aaron. So, Gabby, why don't you go ahead and read for us Numbers 25, verses 10 through 13? Sure. Okay, Numbers 25, verses 10 through 13. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron the priest, has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel, because he was zealous with my zeal among them, so that I, I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. Therefore say, Behold, I give to him my covenant of peace, and it shall be to him and his descendants after him a covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the children of Israel. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, Levi had kind of uh, his uh, behavior and the history of some of the things that he did. Were, they were not great. But here, you know, God took a man who is violent. If, if you've studied, if you've read the story about what he did, uh, and God makes with him this covenant of peace uh, because of the zeal of one, one man in Israel to essentially stand up for God's righteousness. And so this Levitical priesthood, while it is eternal, because God said it would be an everlasting priesthood, it was set up to temporarily officiate the services and sacrifices in the temple that would ultimately be fulfilled in Christ. The law of sin and the propitiation for sin, our atonement, that was in the old covenant has now forever been written on our hearts and in our minds. As the Lord promised Israel in Jeremiah 31, verse 33, he said, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. So again, while Christians, and you just mentioned this, uh, which I think this is great for us to, to focus on this covenant with Levi, and Christians frequently refer to the covenant God made with King David, I actually want to show us that 
we can connect Jesus to both these covenants, to the Davidic covenant, the one that God made with King David, but also to this Aaronic covenant, the one that made that God made with Levi and the descendants of, of Aaron. So if, if we study the genealogy of Jesus, we find in Matthew and Mark, there are two different accounts. Now, Matthew emphasizes Christ's title and lineage through his adopted father, Joseph, as the anointed Messiah of Israel, calling Jesus the son of Abraham and the son of David. And this narrative reveals that Jesus was an Israelite and the son, a descendant of both the Abraham, of both Abraham and King David. And this would affirm Jesus' royal succession as the king of Israel. Now, Luke, on the other hand, emphasizes Christ's lineage through his natural mother, Mary. And the narrative does not refer to Jesus as the son of David, but instead as the son of Joseph. And while it follows the Davidic line through Nathan, it ultimately links Jesus' lineage to Heli, who was a descendant of Levi and the father of the Aaronic priesthood that was given to Israel. And so it's interesting that this narrative reveals that Jesus was a Levite and a descendant of Aaron, affirming his priestly succession as the rightful high priest of Israel. Similar to King David, Aaron was also more than just a shadow of Jesus. He was the patriarch through whom God would similarly establish a natural lineage of the Levitical priesthood that would connect Christ through Abraham to Adam. And I want to make you know just one last point here regarding God's covenants, because we know that salt is the sign of God's eternal and everlasting promises, and he calls them covenants of salt. So we just talked about the covenant God made with the house of Aaron, which was the priestly lineage that came through Levi, the third-born son of Israel, and the other covenant that God made with David, which is the kingly lineage that came through the tribe of Judah. And there are two verses in the Old Testament that speak to God's covenants of salt concerning the priestly and the kingly lineages of the Messiah. In Numbers 18, verse 19, it says, It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord, with you, speaking of Aaron, and your descendants with you. And in 2 Chronicles uh, verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Should you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel to David forever? to him and his sons by a covenant of salt. So again, Jesus is the fulfillment of both the Davidic and the Levitical covenants, and this makes sense because he's both the king of Israel and her high priest forever, who actually is by an order of Malchitzedek, which translates my king of righteousness. And I think that, that, that God is using the order of Malchizedek rather than uh, the order of Aaron, because we know that the Aaronic uh, priestly lineage could only come through the father. But again, we tracked here the lineage of Jesus to the Aaronic priesthood and the son of Levi, sons of Levi, through his mother Mary. But again, the priestly lineage had to come through the father. So we here have uh, an order that is really not through any lineage of man directly per se, because we know that Melchizedek really is Jesus. And again, translation here is my king of righteousness. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion today. Thank you, Pastor Eric. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. Please subscribe to our channel. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to like it and share it with others. We look forward to you joining us next time on House of David podcast. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast from House of David Ministries, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We pray the Lord richly bless you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.